You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. Hey everyone, welcome on into another edition of a Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here at ClavesOnline.com. Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, what's going on? Uh, hi, Joseph. Just enjoying this uh, weather here in the middle of August. I think we talked about it. Uh, nope, hey, Andy, it is the middle of May, and I absolutely love this so much. I cannot get enough of this weather, and I am going to be disappointed when it's back in the 80s next week. Give me this for the next four months, and I will be happy. So happy. Yeah, you're a nut. And we were talking, Andy, about, I, we were talking about it last week, how it was you know, early March. And now here we are, and we, we, we skipped four months. Love it. Love it. When I, I made the mistake earlier. I went out uh, today at like 1130 and ran about six and a half miles. Yeah. And I only brought one bottle of water. Should have double fisted the bottles of water. Should have done that. Uh got a little yeah. a little hot. Don't you have uh, a running shirt that like has uh bottle holders? I don't no, I don't have one of those. I have a camelback that I will sometimes run with, but I did not have that today. I've seen your camelback, I believe. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the old camelback. It's yeah. a uh, it's a it's a nice little uh, thing to run with. So, Andy, uh, before we get into everything on the show today, I got it. Uh, so earlier today, um, I'm, I'm going out um, meeting up old neighbors this weekend who now live in Edwardsville, and yes. I I'm going through and I'm thinking, okay, I want to see what this place has. I've heard some good things about this restaurant, this Mexican restaurant in Edwardsville. So I go to their Instagram page. To see if they have, you know, maybe pictures of some of their famous dishes, tacos, what have you. And I scroll down maybe like two lines and there is your beautiful face sitting there with who I assume is your mother in that picture. That's my mother-in-law. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's my that's my mother-in-law. Yeah, I knew it wasn't your wife, so I figured I figured mother, but yeah. But yeah, that that was a nice surprise. I, I I'm going on there looking for pictures of tacos, and instead I see Andy Hanselman. Yeah, there's me with my mother-in-law. <laughs> the uh, are you a, are you a regular there? Is that why they posted your picture? I've only been there once, and they got you. And they got your picture, huh? Yep. I think we. I think somebody tagged that picture with us being there. Okay. And uh, 
they uh and then the other like hey you know we tag us tag us when you're here and we'll we'll post it to our instagram so I yeah, think yeah. people uh saw that and they haven't done that so it says it's been a great last couple of months we love seeing all the faces that come in and out of our establishment make sure you tag us and check in on facebook well now uh, now i'm looking forward to it even more now that's been endorsed by you andy it's really good. I can't, I don't remember how to say the name of the place. Like it, 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 it's 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 spelled a waxakakakaka. Yeah, O A X A C A. But it's like what what Wakaxa, uh kaka. I don't know. As long as they have something that you know is is a meat cut up meat uh, on a bed of vegetables with cheese, I'm good. That's I that's all I look for on my uh, Oaxaca. Oaxaca? Oaxaca is how you pronounce the name of the place. Okay, well, yeah. One of the newer, of the newer and one of the finer Mexican restaurants here in the uh, lovely Carbon of Glen, Edwardsville area. Yeah, I, uh, I I saw that. So do uh, I'll do that, and then I, I guess there's something also called, uh, I think it's like Volcano Cheese or something like that, Volcano yeah. Dip. Yeah. So, oh, we'll see how it, uh, we'll see how it goes this uh this weekend so last weekend Andy, last weekend before my uh my triathlon next week that i uh i feel like i am not ready for at all i hope it rains and storms next weekend and they push it back to a different date uh how come you're not ready for it bud i don't know i just don't feel like last year i felt like i was ready for it like last year i felt like i was just prepped everything good to go i just i'm not feeling it this year i don't know why Maybe because it's so early. Like the one last year was in August, so I had all summer, right, to to get ready for it. I feel like this one, this is too early. This is just Where too is, early in the year for one. Where is this one? Creve Core. Oh, okay. So so nowhere exotic or anywhere fun. No. And it is set to rain all next weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you could run down to Happy China and get some um, pot stickers. Is that the uh, is that Kevin Miller's place? Yeah. Place oh, I like wow. too. I, I turned him on to it. Oh, okay. I'll see if he wants to meet me down there afterwards or something. But yeah, I don't know. This this, this nice weather and everything. This, this rain could definitely stay away for a uh, for a while. Andy, tonight as we record this right now, right now as we record this, uh, the NFL Andy is announcing their schedule release for 2022. On a, how how excited are you for this? You know, I've, I've heard I've heard some pretty cool things so far. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited for some of it uh, i heard that we're getting a, a monday night double header uh two uh two weeks in a row week one and week two and uh some uh some some old rams fans of mine are are, uh, are excited that they can uh they're able to go see the rams uh pretty close and uh, i think they're going to play in cincinnati again uh in, in a rematch of the super bowl is what i've heard or something along those lines I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, a lot of it, I don't know if there's there's going to be a game that I try to go to or something. I try to drive somewhere and go see one for a weekend. I haven't really. Would you rather go to Kansas City or go to Indianapolis? And Chicago too, I guess, would be up there. Chicago, yeah. I mean, what four? So four hours away from us, we have Bears, Chiefs, Titans, Bengals, Colts, right? Bengals are six. Is that Cincinnati about six hours? Yep. So, yeah, that's that's a little... Dri- totally drivable. 
It is not not one I'd want to do, and then go to a game on a Sunday and drive six hours home after that. No, you'd go. You drive there Saturday and stay the night. Right, but I'm saying I just don't feel like driving six hours back home on a Sunday. Oh no, that would be awful. After sitting at a football game for four four hours. Well, then stay the night, take Monday off. I don't want to see a football game that bad either. What I'm saying is I have no desire. Like I, it has to basically like if there was an NFL game in Belleville, then I would go to it on the candy cane field at Lindenwood university. It's not being used for anything else. Why not an NFL game? I mean, absolutely go for it. So if they want to, if they want to do that, which I always thought they should with, with the 17 game schedule. Now, now that they have this 17 game schedule on the, or yeah, 17 games, 18 weeks, I think, and at some point, so I've already, I've been pushing for years for Major League Baseball to have every team play every team. It's 162-game season. It's stupid not to. Next year, they are going to do that. Two or three games against every team, every other year for some of them. At least, you know, so like this year, this week, this was the first time the Orioles were in St. Louis since 2003. It's been a long time. Since 2003. Like, it's ridiculous that it took 19 years for them to come back. I went to the game. On Wednesday night, like you see, Pete, you see a couple people there with Orioles jerseys on, a Cal Ripken jersey, and a, a Brooks Robinson jersey, maybe a Mike Buscina jersey. I don't, I didn't look at all of them, but it's unfair to people, you know, who are in other cities who have been moved with their jobs to other cities. You know what? There's fans everywhere. They want to see their these teams come through. If you want to grow the game, put it there. So. With it, that's I'm happy to finally see that. So now you will not go in every other year. You know the Orioles are coming to town, and every other team. You know you you don't have to go 19 years before seeing that again. Right. I think what the NFL should do with the 17 game schedule is, and this to keep it fair too, you have eight games at home, eight games on the road, and then you schedule. Every you can have one every week too. Just about you have a neutral site game somewhere. Isn't that London? It could be London. I know there are what three games in London this year. I, they, thought, there was, well, I thought there was more than that, and I'm not real up on London games. I so think I, there I, are. Okay, I thought, I thought there were three this year. The NFL London games. For this season, they announced it uh, about 10 days ago. There, Yeah, there are three international games this year. Okay. Vikings and Saints at Hot Tottenham Hotspur. Mm-hmm. Giants and Packers at Tottenham Hotspur, which is the first time. So the Packers going to London. Now every team has played in London. The Packers were the last team that had played in London. And then Broncos and Jaguars. Uh, they're at Wembley. Okay. That's three. I know that they, I know the NFL has been talking about having the games in Germany. Yes. Um, the Rooney family um, for the Steelers. I know they are big. I, what the, the one, uh, the one that passed away recently, wasn't he the ambassador over in Ireland? It sounds familiar. I'm not. Yeah. Positive, but it sounds about right. You're telling me you can't put a game over there. I mean, we know they've had games out in Mexico. Right. You want you want to have a team. I mean, there's been talk of putting a team in what Toronto. Yes. Like maybe okay, maybe if you put the Bills in Toronto, maybe it's unfair. Maybe it is still like a home game for them, but still. 
it, it's still a game there. You, there are places all, and then you could start doing like you could start having them in. You know, it, it'd be cool to see it in a college stadium or would try to see just you know you work that out. But you have sixteen of those games. You have to you have to you could find easily find sixteen neutral sites. Absolutely. I mean, you could start with cities like St. Louis, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, uh, Memphis. Uh, where else? Um, Santa Fe, right? Mexico. Uh, any place you know, obviously with with a big college stadium. Yeah, you, you could do that. I don't know how excited St. Louis people would be for something like that, but I, I could, you know, I, maybe. I, I bet they would sell fifty thousand tickets. If every other year you had it one a neutral site NFL game in St. Louis, does it sell 60,000? I think it does. I don't think it sells out, but I think you sell you you can you sell fifty thousand seats. I I would agree with that. I would agree with you on that. But I that way you're not having a team that has you know nine home games and eight away games, right? Because that's that's not fair. So you you move it all around. You you create fields. You know they've done that with baseball, right? The NFL makes enough money off their TV stuff. You don't need this. You don't need to sell fifty thousand tickets either. No, you don't. It could be the visual about... aspect of it. Right. It's the, it's the TV. It's the TV rights about it. It is. Well, and, and the TV money is just absolutely insane right now. Who is going to be clamoring to come play their game in St. Louis? That's what I want to know. What you do, it's not that their teams are clamoring to play in St. Louis. What you do is you, if you're trying to sell tickets, you make it so it's a fan base, two fan bases that don't have to travel far to come here and see it. Joe, after the Cardinals moved to Arizona, moved to Phoenix, uh, the NFL did bring a, there was always a preseason game at Bush Stadium, usually involving the Chiefs. I remember the Chiefs and Jets played a game. The Chiefs and the uh, Oilers played a game. So that all ha- that happened every year between after Arizona moved to Phoenix. And I remember too when NBA games played. The NBA played preseason games in St. Louis. Yeah, that I, I know they uh, for a while they they had the Bulls here often. Or if there was a St. Louis player on a team, they would have them come through and play their game here. I, I I think the Grizzlies did it too. I wonder. I don't know if that stopped because of COVID, though. I don't know if they were still doing that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know when it stopped, and I and I wish I would have gone to one. And I never really thought about it. But I know you went to a couple of them, right? I I for sure went to one. Maybe I maybe I went to two. Oh, I can't remember if I if I did. Were those? I mean, again, preseason games, nobody really cares. But were they were those sellouts? Were they half full? I mean, it, it was, as I'm looking here, by the way, the most recent one was actually the last one I went to, October 24th, 2014, Bulls and Timberwolves. It's been that long, huh? It's been that long, yeah. Wow. Do they still play preseason games in neutral locations in the yes. NBA? Oh, yeah. I, the last few years with, with COVID protocols, no. I don't know. Right. No, but probably. yes. Well, I wonder what the what the uh, what the upgrades to the Enterprise Center that the uh, that the that that will make a return to St. Louis. That I think you just need to have. Yeah, I, I think that Memphis would be 
really smart if you could next year to bring John Morant to St. Louis for a for a game. I mean that that would sell and even, out. And even the Celtics bringing Jason Tatum in, and that's it, yeah, it would have to be a game like that where it's yeah. the Grizzlies against the Celtics. If you did something yeah. like that, then oh my god, yeah, that would sell out. Yes, for a preseason game with those two, yes, yeah, the people in St. Louis want to see Jason Tatum play basketball. Yeah, they absolutely would. So. Even as a non-NBA guy, I would still be interested in going to see that. I think that'd be pretty darn cool to see. It it would be, yeah, absolutely. So I I don't know. I haven't I haven't heard any rumblings. I haven't heard any talk of anything like that. They are down to three, by the way, three preseason games now for uh, for the NFL season. So you don't have to right. sit through all of those uh, anymore for, uh, for that. Right. So you mentioned the TV, uh, the TV money and how ridiculous it is earlier this week. It was announced that Tom Brady has signed a deal with Fox sports, 10 years, $375 million to be their number one analyst in the booth. Once he decides to retire, whenever he decides to, uh, to retire, so Joe Buck leaves, Troy Aikman leaves. Now they're on Monday Night Football. It's going to be Kevin Burkhart as the top play-by-play guy. And this year, it's going to be Greg Olson, the former Panthers tight end, right. who who was very good in the booth, who was doing games while he was still a player in the booth when he was injured or on bye weeks. Um, uh, that and He does a really good job. But you have the opportunity to have the greatest quarterback uh one of the greatest champions of all time in there like it is crazy to me that tom brady is willing to do this for two million dollars a game yes and tony romo makes a million dollars a game right yeah i think he makes i think the romo like 19 million dollars a year yes something along those lines so Tom Brady, $2 million a game. Unbelievable. Right. I don't know who tunes in to listen to Tom Brady analyze a game. I I, mean, I think he will be so good at it. Well, he's fantastic on those um, those golf matches that they do with yes. the Capital One on TNT. He's, he's awesome on them. He's I a think, lot yes, uh, just his knowledge. Like, If you think Tony Romo's good at being able to see plays or call out plays ahead of time, I think Tom Brady will be so far ahead of that. I think he will be so far ahead of the, of being able to do that. Plus, I think he's very funny. I, yes. I think you see what he does on social media. You see kind of the back and forth he has. I think you see, think of the relationships he has with players right. around the league. I think it would be really, really good to see that. And we're probably like a couple years away from kids of guys that he played with having kids in the league and uh, you it, know, stories about their dads. It could be similar to the Joe West podcast. God, we, uh, God, we've recorded so many episodes for that <laughs> with more ahead too, by the way, like I, I might have to, I might be going somewhere to record one on Friday morning. Like Friday where? afternoon, more, more Friday afternoon, I think. Like where? Oh, St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah, nowhere. I the the travel the travel for this hasn't gone too uh, too crazy yet. Could it? I've pitched ideas. I'm the big idea man for this. I I am the big oh, yeah. idea man for this. I throw things out there, and then I see if everybody's on board with it. 
And the next step, once the traveling comes around, that's when I will be like, okay, now uh, just just who wants to pay me to go do this? What are your uh, are you willing to spill some of your ideas? Oh, I just like I, I mean, you know, the All Star Games in L.A. Like I already know I'm going to it, right? Like I already know I'm, I'm going out there, I'm doing everything around it, but it's like there, there's going to be people there. Yeah, there, there will be people there to to do stuff with. Just take Claves and Joe out there with you. There's no chance that Claves is using the All Star break to come out to L.A. to do interviews. Why not? He will use that All Star break the same way players that aren't All Stars will use that All Star break. Vacation time? Yes. Re- just re- recharge. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it'll be. But it's it's going to be a matter. I mean, that is pretty much just going to be we walking up to to big name guests and trying to convince them, trying to just get them to not shoo me off in the first five seconds. So you're you're going to drop the name? Hey, I'm Joe. I'm the producer for the Joe West podcast. That's that's what I have to do. Yes. You should like work. The, the how the quickness that I have to get that out on phone calls is is crazy. Like before people hang up on you. Yes. Like, hey, is this so and so? Who's asking? Yep. Okay. Hey, with with Joe West. <laughs> I think you need to find some shirts with the and, and get and get some shirts with the logo on it, or get a just get a t shirt with Joe West picture printed on it. Yeah. So that way people know that you're with Joe West. Right. <clears throat> it might make so a difference. We don't have a logo yet. You kind of do. Hey, I don't call that. I don't consider that a logo. I mean, it's podcast artwork is what it is. Album. Yes. Art. Yes. Once you no get hold logo of, just yet. Get a hold of that fantastic D-Bear. I can make a logo for this. I think you need professional help with this one, bud. I I feel that I can make a logo that had you know just a cowboy hat and an umpire mask and with a number 5460 on it. Something as simple as that. But and a professional that, that works. professional will really do you right though. Yeah, but professional, they they have to you have to spend money for that. What they you, you want? To, I mean, somebody makes some money off something. What? Right, but I could do it. Just I, I could do it myself. All right, whatever. I can. Hey, guests on the show today, Andy. Yeah, who's on the show today, Joe? Uh, Matt Snyder on the show today. So as soon as we were done yesterday or uh, last week, Matt Snyder let me know that he could not appear on it. So we oh, no. were uh, we did the show today, recorded it. It's in the books, and then and then I'm waiting to see on the schedule on what the Blues do as we record this. Uh, we are recording this right now. It is 7:48, Andy. As I yeah. am saying these we're- words to you on Thursday night. We're about an hour from puck drop. Yeah. And so depending on what the blues do, if the blues win. Yep. I might record something with Benjamin Hockman Friday morning. Ah, to put up on the, uh, to put in, which would mean this episode would be delayed. Right. So that's what, uh, that's been. So if you're, yeah. I think that's a pretty good reason to delay an episode. Right. 
And I don't think it'll, you know, if it'll be up at noon instead of up at 6 a.m. Right. And you get the latest blues talk. I mean, I think it's pretty key that we have that in a weekend program, whether they win or lose tonight. No, but if they if they lose game six tonight, then Hoxie is going to be on a plane tomorrow going up to Minnesota. Ah, so that's that is the reason for that is why I only said if they win. Gotcha. Yeah, so they have to win in order for uh, in order for this to happen. Have you reached out to our old friend Lou? I have not. Uh, well, God, I can. Uh, probably been a couple months that I've texted with Lou. I just knew I, I knew it's been a while since we've had Hockman on the show because I I will go back and forth between Lou and Jim Thomas uh, right. during the season yes. a lot for uh, for hockey talk. So when I saw that uh, that Hockman was covering this, I knew it'd been a really long time since we had Hockman on the show. So I, I knew that I wanted to get him on. Is he covering it as a, as the columnist or as a uh, is he kind of writing uh, uh, game stories? columnist i know jt's writing the game story but like doing like features i that i don't know sidebars the word i'm thinking of i i i yeah he's just regular columnist covering uh covering that they have yeah they have jt do all the game stuff right so I was, that was, when i was in the newspaper biz the uh the sidebar feature story was my specialty yeah oh yeah i could i could make a kid look like a look amazing in the newspaper joe i was i was talking to uh greg shawshack from the alton telegraph yeah hearst illinois newspapers is that really is what they're called now because the intelligencer in edwardsville and the uh alton telegraph um they they share a lot of the same resources and employees now okay shack was telling me that the Edwardsville Intelligencer circulation is down to about 1,700. Back in my day, it was a circulation of about 7,000. Wow. Back in my day, the Telegraph was a circulation of about 30,000, and they now have a circulation of about 2,500. And what's the online numbers like, though? I don't know, but just talking about the actual, I'm sure that they're much larger. But so about people getting an actual newspaper is down 90%. Yeah. I know we no longer at the gym, we no longer have it delivered. I think my parents still get a newspaper. My dad's always liked reading the newspaper. I feel like my parents do too. Yeah. But I mean, I have never subscribed. I mean, I've subscribed to uh, e-editions to online. You know, I've paid for the post and the Edwardsville newspaper. Yeah. In the past. Um, But uh yeah, but just the idea of getting a a hard newspaper, and there, of course, there's always times when you when you want a newspaper, like on a windy day, and you're trying to start the barbecue pit. Like, damn, I had a newspaper around here to light up. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I don't subscribe, I don't get anything on newsprint. <laughs> we, uh, I think Greg, Greg's uh, Greg's probably written about me a time or two. Um, probably, I don't know if I need order. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Steve, of course. Yeah. He did. Uh, I have that alumni games coming up in a month. Yeah. My, um, my editor never wanted me to be friendly with the other reporters from the other newspapers. Really? Yeah. He's like, don't be friends with those guys. Those guys are jerks. They're a competition. Like Dave Wilhelm and Steve Porter 
Dave Wilhelm of famously of the uh of the Belleville News Democrat and yeah. Sanders of the Belleville of the News D. Great guys, fantastic guys. Dean Credle, awesome guy. That's, I was yeah. like, like Shaq and I like Steve and I liked Lou and um and I got to know Lou at Blues Games. When I was doing that. I was a they were they sent a stringer to cover blues games. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah, silly to just be upset with people and not yeah, that's yeah, no, it was, it was just a little bit of old school. Right. A little bit of old school thing, but those guys are great guys. They all you know it was hard for me to like you know, you know me, I'm so outgoing and per- I mean I'll talk to a wall. Right. And it was it was hard for me to uh, to hold back those feelings. Right. Andy, next week, um, we, so what the, the Cardinals next week, they go to New York after this weekend. And then, um, uh, following that they will be, no, they're in there. They're in New York for four and then they're in, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm not so much concerned about the Pittsburgh series. I, uh, I brought this up on daily cards live and it's something that I want to watch for the rest of the year. I want to put it up on our radar, uh, the rest of the baseball season. Ooh. I want to know how many of these teams are giving gifts to Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Oh, is that happening? So the giants before the game last Sunday, yeah, the giants honored them. And they were like, hey, great career, you three. And that well, was it. Adam Wainwright hasn't said he's retiring. Correct. <laughs> Pujols and Yachty have. They have said that. <laughs> so I just, I just find it funny that, I mean, and, and Wainwright even said so. He goes, I don't know why everybody's trying to push me out. I was your best damn pitcher last year. Right. <laughs> How's Wayno doing this year so far? Very, very good season so far. Uh, looks like he'll be pitching Sunday night baseball this week as he comes off the COVID list. Ah, yeah. So we will uh, we will see him again on Sunday. But I, I want to see gifts. I want to see these guys get gifts from these teams. They gave gifts to David Ortiz. They gave gifts to Derek Jeter. They gave gifts to Tony Gwynn. They gave gifts to Trevor Hoffman. I mean, everybody has gotten gifts on their retirement tours. Yadier Molina should get gifts. He has been one of the best catchers in baseball. All three are future Hall of Famers. They should get gifts. You think Adam Wainwright is a baseball Hall of Famer? No. I still think, though, the Cardinals should retire their numbers. I don't know if you've been, if you've looked at that wall in left field. Yes. This uh, this year, they have changed the mural on the left field wall this year. Oh, they have. Instead of all of the faces, all of the players intertwined in a mural, yes, they are all now segmented. Oh, along along there. When I went, I couldn't I, see, I couldn't see the left field wall that well. I think the reason for that is because the Cardinals knew that they are going to have to be adding some names to that list here in the near future. Yeah, and. Well, the, it's pretty much Cardinals SOP to not retire someone's number now unless they are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Right? Could you... That is, yes. Could you see them not putting weight? I mean... That has to be... That has to change, right? 
I mean, is anybody wearing 29? No. I don't know when the last person that wore it was. But, I mean, Chris Carpenter is, I, I honestly think that we're, we're talking, I mean, Adam Wainwright above, uh, Chris Carpenter, Cardo Hall of Famer, yes, absolutely. I don't know if you, I don't know if you could put him, I mean, Adam Wainwright's been a Cardinal his entire career since he's been in the majors. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So I, I have it up here right now for number 29 and who the last person to wear it was. And it does look like um, Alex Reyes actually is currently your number 29. Oh, yeah. It's he We sure just is. haven't seen him yet this year, so we, we forgot. Yeah. He's been 29 since 2018. But that's what I mean. That nobody, nobody wore number five. You know, um, that that jersey from 2011 to 2022 or 21 went unworn. That's right. I mean, that is when when is the last time they did something like that? Well, they did it for a while for with 25. Uh, they held it for a bit, yeah. No, they held it for 16 years. Did they that really? Was it 16 years? Yeah, McGuire was the last to wear it in 01. Uh, Dexter Fowler was 25 starting in 2017, and Corey Dickerson is wearing 25 this year. Wow. I didn't realize it went that long. Yeah, they went a long, long time without issuing uh, 25. And what's crazy is like it, it seemed like they couldn't give away number 15 fast enough. Isn't that hilarious? Right. Like, Matt I mean, it, you know, Edmonds left in 2007. Then they immediately gave it to Matt Holiday when he came over in 2009. That's right. And then he switched to seven. And then it was John Jay for call. John Jay for call. Gritchick, uh, Matt Adams, Brad Miller. Like, it just it went from one to the other. With uh, that. I mean, another one, like, you know, you we, we all know that Scott Rowland's going into the Hall of Fame. Right. Tyler O'Neill currently wears 27. So does that mean Tyler O'Neill can't wear 27 anymore? I don't know how that's going to work. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I Because mean, Ted Simmons right now, I mean, Ted Simmons is, is a Hall of Famer. They have not had anybody wear that number since Marcelo Zuna did in 2019. What number did uh, Ted Simmons wear? 23. So, I mean, a lot of people wore that after Ted Simmons. Yeah. But now that he's a Hall of Famer, nobody's uh, going to wear that now. So, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things to watch. But, yeah, you look at it now. I mean, because, you know, because 23 is now retired or will be retired. You'll have... So- uh, did go ahead oh so did they did they retire 23 for ted simmons then they have not yet uh no they did last year i'm sorry they did last year july 31st oh yeah they sure there it is right there okay yeah so yeah his is retired so you when you think about it they will have to retire five they'll retire four 
They'll retire 27 when Scott Rowland gets into the Hall of Fame. Right. I, I guess I guess Wade Wright will be a nice uh it'll be interesting to see what they what they do at number fifty. You know, and the same thing really could be said about fifty one too, Joe. <sighs> well, Bud Smith is still the last person to wear fifty one after Willie McGee, and that was in two thousand one. Twenty one years ago. And it has it, yeah. Nobody's worn 51 cents. So 51 is pretty much retired by the Cardinals. Right. Hey, yeah, that's a, I, I, it's going to be a nice little case study when, uh, when Wainwright retires to see what the organization does. Joe, I saw, some, I saw somebody wearing 77 for the Blues the other night. I couldn't believe that they gave somebody Pierre Turgeon's number. Who was wearing 77? Oh, baby, Pierre Turgeon. Uh, that was my Ken Wilson, by the way. Thank you. I, I heard it. It was uh, M- McCola. Yeah, McCola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is wearing 77. Mm-hmm. Can't wear Pierre Turgeon's number. I think that one's okay. No. I mean, how You're, how many years was he with the Blues? Is there a hockey reference.com? There he was with the Blues from 96 to 2001. And it was a very part of was, was a big part of some big playoff wins, a president's trophy um season. Uh you know, of course, no success in the in the postseason. Exactly. But I mean, but Joe, that was every player for the Blues. It seems like with the Blues. I mean, I, I guess, you know, we just named off how many different Cardinals have had their number retired, but that's also 11 World Series championships. So there has been a huge amount of success with the Cardinals organization mm-hmm. to where the Blues have won, won Stanley Cup. I don't know if there is another player that gets their number retired by the Blues until Ryan O'Reilly retires. Petro? I mean, hell, they just retired Pronger's number this year. Right. And he was involved with some other organizations, too. Pronger? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if that's a, a reason for something like that. You know what uh, I mean? It could be. It could be. So that's. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I mean, do you think Petrangelo gets uh, has his retired? Could captain of the first Stanley Cup team? Yeah, could. Oh, O'Reilly ends his career here than he him too. Yeah. But they you know what they have a banner. They they have a banner up there. So they get uh you know they, they all have they they all have a banner hanging from uh from up there. Andy, I, I do have some crack slippers to uh to get to in, as we when we wrap up the show. But Andy, I, I gotta say, the um the Casey White 
Vicky White story finally yes. came to an end earlier in the week. Captivating me. It was captivating me. All I mean for uh, at least ten of the eleven days they were on the lam. Yes. And I cannot believe that they only made it two hundred miles during that time. I couldn't either. We even talked about when when this first happened. Like they have, a, they had a six or seven hour head start. Yes. Before anybody knew they were gone, I mean, they could have gone straight to the airport and gotten on planes and been in, and been in a a country that does not extradite to the United States of America and living, you know, fat, happy, and free. Instead, they end up in Evansville, Indiana. <sighs> they seem pretty dumb. I, yeah real dumb like i think that's i think that's what the i think that's what it comes down to as i think they were both very stupid people i i think so too but they i mean they pulled off a masterful escape and apparently they pulled off practice runs of it too I didn't see anything about the practice runs. Yeah, so like the whole thing where she had a fake meeting or whatever. Yes. Like she had done that a few other times where she had had him out of the facility for like 45 minutes. And you know they were just banging away. Yeah. And she just took him somewhere and they were just going at it. Good for them. And then she brought him back and it was like, okay. And then they finally were like, "Okay, here we're gonna we're gonna pull this one off." Well, they love each other. They were they were in love, Joe. They were. I mean, she you know she wasn't innocent in all this stuff. No, not at all. I was. Uh, I'm what I'm wondering about Joe, and have they released any details about her death? And she, they basically. I mean, TMZ had some good stuff to where she wanted them to try to get back to the hotel. I don't know what they had in the hotel. I know they had a lot of guns. So. But if they were in custody, how did she get a weapon to off herself? No, no, she had it in the car. It was in the car, and when the car flipped over, when they rammed the car and put it in the ditch, that's when she was like, "No, nah, they're not taking me." And then oh, boom. So they yeah. did it before she was in custody. Yes. Huh? And then they pulled the big guy out of the uh, God. Just looking at him next to normal sized cops. Yeah. And how large he is. Whew. Big fella. I do like the one. I do like the one sheriff that just said he was basically be shackled for the rest of his life. I know civil rights people might get upset, but I'm just gonna lock him, have him locked out all the time. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. But God, I was so I was angry about it. I was angry. I was more angry that I, I you know they got caught. I figured that was gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I wanted it to be somewhere so far away and random. I know, me too. Not, not two and a half hours down the road in Evansville, Indiana. Right, Joe. They were probably heading east on or uh, west on sixty four, coming to St. Louis. No, they were there. They had bought two weeks worth of. They had paid for two weeks of that room. Just hiding out in Evansville. Gotta tell you this: if they would have come anywhere, anywhere within a our drive of here yeah oh i would be i would have been i would have driven to that scene 
when everything happened, I would have been such a, a, a news hound, getting some information, interviewing people, going around the city, just right. talking, asking questions. I am Joe Roderick, producer for the Joe West podcast. What's going I, on? I, I would have put, I would have had Derby on, a little press sign sticking out of it, oh, yeah. just walking up to people, just, hey, hey, hey let me get a quote. Up? Let me get a quote from you. Let me get a quote. What do you got to say there, copper? Yeah. What do you got to say there, buddy? Tell me a little bit about this uh, car wash over here. Is there a Taco Bell nearby, buddy? Yeah. God, I would where have asked so guy... many questions. Hey, hey, guy. Hey, hey, where can a guy get some little Debbies around here? So many questions. It would have been it would have been such so much fun. I, I'm surprised you didn't drive to Evansville. I mean, it's pretty much close enough that right. an hour or two is just, was was not gonna make that big of a difference to you. That's a good four hours away though, isn't it? No, Evansville's on it's like literally two hours. It's between here and Louisville. Damn it, I thought it was longer, farther than that. No. Oh, no. What, I, what, I what kind of regret not doing it. What, kind of, what hotel are they staying at, Joe? Do you know? Uh, Motel 42? Motel 44? Motel 44. Evansville. Nope, that doesn't exist. Motel 42. Evansville. Nope, that one doesn't exist either. Motel 8? Motel 6? No, it was like a 40 number. Joe, you just type it Motel Evansville. Motel Evansville, Indiana. Motel 41. Ah, the Motel 41. Classy. Yeah. All right. So from here. I like the people that are like so like the motel owner saying that they were not official guests there. Like he's trying to distance himself to it. How are they not? Were they were were they squatters? They had a homeless person buy the room for them. Oh, did they really? Yeah, it's two and a half hours to uh, to the Motel Forty One, Joe, from my house. Huh. Right down sixty four. How about that? We should have gone out there. Should have. We really missed something there, I think. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, Andy, we got to take a, a break here. We uh, we got Matt Snyder coming up. Maybe Benjamin Hockman. I don't know if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, is Benjamin Hockman coming up? It's his name on the graphic. Is his name in the in, uh, information part of this episode? Oh, Blues must have won last night. Is it not there? You're thinking, okay, then there's a game seven. That's that's right. the way you should process the guest list for today's show. But good baseball talk with Matt Snyder coming up here in just a uh, second. We are brought to you, by the way, Andy, by uh, Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, if you need to rent a car for anything you're doing this summer, Munganass Alton Toyota, they will help you out. Um, I, I don't know what their uh, what their 
what, what kind of inventory they have out there, the rental car uh, with the rental cars, but give them a call or go to altoyota.com and see what they have. A uh, very nice van rented one last year for uh, for a road trip. I went on. I don't know what I have uh, planning this summer that I need to rent anything for, but that is only at the Bugged Ass Alt Toyota location. Check them out at altoyota.com at Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. We will take a break. We come back. Matt Snyder, maybe more coming up after this. It is Weekend Joe, driven by Mugged Ass St. Louis Hacker and Mugged Ass Alton Toyota. ClaimsOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClaimsOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out, as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body. 911. One North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Hey, welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClaibsOnline.com. Our next guest, the guy I, I didn't look, I didn't haven't looked to see when the last time we talked, Matt. It's friend of the show, Matt Snyder. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, but now I'm thinking because I was trying to remember when it was. Surely we did we did a preseason. I don't think we did because I think the preseason was so well it was kind of jacked up. Up in the air. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if we knew when was going when there was going to be one. And then did you go down to did you go to Arizona for any games this uh this year for spring training? I went to one, but it wasn't like for work. Like we already had lined up a trip. My kids are roller coaster freaks, which my wife and I designed on purpose. We wanted them to be because we are too. And so we designed a trip where we went to Six Flags Magic Mountain, which is in L.A., and a place called Knott's Berry Farm, which isn't as well known, which is also in L.A., which has roller coasters. And then we drove to where my dad lives in Mesa, Arizona. And since it got pushed back, we were able to go to a spring training game. Uh, It was the Cubs last day. Uh, and we went to that, but no, so, uh, sorry to inundate you with all no. those unnecessary <clears throat> details, but I, I went as a fan, not for work, but no, now, I, now I need, nice I need to know how to make my, cause I, I, I think I, I want to say my kid's just a little bit younger than yours. So mine'll be nine in July. So a little I, bit, uh, yeah, 16, so 16 I, and 15, if you want to say a little are bit. They really, oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> How long have we known each other? That's yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, 2011 world series. Right? I was going to say it was before that. I mean, I guess we yeah, would have known each other. We've done a few shows. Jeez. We, we, I'd been a, I'd been on a few of your segments, but then 2011 yeah. the series was when I was in studio. Right. Good yeah. Lord. It has been that I figured they were just closing age. My goodness. But yeah, no. no, so we're, um, so we have designed the all-star game around our, so I am going to be flying out to LA a week before the all-star game this year to do Disneyland and then yeah. San Diego with, uh, with my kid Nice. and I need to figure out how to get him to be a roller coaster to just do the big ones at Disneyland. I that's I need it to takes, figure out. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of reps, I guess. Yeah, we have I mean, the six my, flags my here. So it. my daughter yeah. loved it from the get go. 
And uh, for a little bit, like, I don't know if you've heard of Cedar Point. It's close to the Cleveland area. Okay, yeah. Uh, the first two times we took our kids, my son wouldn't do, like, the biggest ones. And this was when he was 13, so he was tall enough. Yeah. But now he wants to do everything more than we do. So it's, it takes time, but then once you hit it, then that's it. I know, it might take a trip or two out to Six Flags before then to uh, get yeah. a little practice in and just uh, – figure out a way to make that uh, way to make that happen. So yeah, that's, that's what we're, we, you know, similar to what you did with the spring training thing. That's what, that's what we're planning to do with the, uh, with the LA yeah, all-star be, game. That'll be a this, good trip. Yeah. And that drive, I mean, we're going to do, we're driving down to San Diego cause he's a big Fernando Tatis junior fan. So we're going to oh, go nice. catch the Padres game and do the zoo there. So have it Will all worked out. Maybe. I, he'll be back by then. He won't be. What sucks is they're coming to uh, St. Louis Memorial Day. They're going to be in town Memorial Day. He won't be yeah, back by then. He's ready for that. So yeah. it's yeah. you know he he's got all of his other Padres gear that he's planning to wear to the game. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> he will will do that. But that, by the way, I mean they they changed up all the All Star Game scheduling this uh, this year. I don't know if you saw that come through I the other more. day. Yeah, the um, the um, I, I guess the celebrity softball game and the futures game is now on Saturday instead of Sunday. So all of uh, yeah, huh? Interesting. I know. I guess you're... a lot of the beats aren't there anyway because they stay with their teams Sunday, and then they're not going to get there anyway. So that maybe they want more fans there, and they think Saturday will would get more fans. Huh. Hey, I, I think I think it's done because the draft now is on Sunday. So oh, I think geez, they wanted to. Yep. Uh, we're still <laughs> trying to do that and make that a thing like in the NFL and NBA, which nobody knows these guys. Right. At least when in, in the NBA, you just watch the NCAA tournament and the NFL, everybody knows a good number of these guys from watching college football. They don't know any of these guys. Yeah. We can't make it the same thing. That's it's one of my bigger rants. I understand the desire because of how big of a deal those things are and mm -hmm. mock drafts are a big deal. But at the end of the day, you're never going to get casual fans because they don't know who the hell these guys are. Well, look at it this way. So, I mean, here in St. Louis right now, Juan Yepes lighting the world on fire with the, uh, with the Cardinals, 24 years old, 24 years mm -hmm. old, a, a rookie here. And do you know how he was acquired by the Cardinals? No. He was traded. I don't. I, but I mean, this just shows how long he's been in the system and how long it's taken him to get here. The Cardinals traded Matt Adams to Atlanta to get Juan Yepes. Okay, looks like between 2016 and 2017. Right, that was so long ago. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I mean, that's how so long he was. He was an inter, So he was an international signing out of Venezuela. Yeah, at age 16. Yeah, that's how that, long that's he's been in the system. So that was in 2014 when he got signed out of Venezuela, and he just now made it in 2022. And he's not—it's not like he's old. No, 24-year-old debut yeah. is perfectly defensible. Um, yeah, that just shows how different it is. And again, that's that—that that might be my biggest frustration with. It's uh, sorry to show our age here, but we already did. I already aged myself when I said my right. kid was 16 and 15, but. It goes back to the Mean Girls reference, like the Fet quit trying to make fetch happen. Like yeah. that's how desperately Manfred's trying to make the Major League Baseball draft be a thing, like the NFL and the NBA. It's just not possible. That's not the way we do things. Even the guys who, uh, are, let's say you're a top five pick, 
out of college, really well known. It's still going to be a little bit. Okay, Chris Bryant uh, won the Golden Spikes Award, second overall pick. It still took him another year and a half before he debuted. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and like the NFL, if you're a top five pick, it's only a couple months until we see you in the NFL and it's game one. And the, the, I mean, just look at it this way. We, uh, college baseball had their time in, in in the sun back in February and March when Major League Baseball was still locked out. Like they yeah. had an opportunity, right? Because when that started, it was like, oh shit, this is all, this is the only baseball we might have until the summer. Like, let's just take full, you know, full grasp of this and let's and just make they, this our right. baseball. I can't think of his name right now. The freshman from NC State. Who Tommy, like I, just, I, have, yeah. I just looked it up. I have one of the tabs I have yeah. open now is GoPack, yes, GoPack.com. And, and I have and all of their season remember, stats. Now I can't even remember his name. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that he was such a huge deal that first week of the season. It's yeah. like, okay, he was a freshman there. Even if he gets drafted, like he's still going to have to go through the whole system for that. And I'm looking here. He has 21 home runs on the season. Didn't he have like eight after the first weekender or something crazy like that? It, so, it was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous, pretty quick, but that's yeah. still 21 in the season. Still pretty baller. Right. And still hitting 327. I mean, the guy, yeah. you know, it's, that's really, really good for a freshman and even like, in the ACC. Even if there was no major league baseball season, there just isn't the appetite for college baseball. Like there is basketball and football. Um, if you just picture the college world series is really, really fun. Great event. Uh, most people who are sports fans know it's in Omaha, even, even, but my point is, even if there was major league was not major league baseball, how many people do you think would fill out like college world series brackets? No, nobody, nobody. It I, would, I, it would people don't know. How, I don't think people understand how, it, it works, works to get to the like, college yeah, world series between the, the round robin and then the super regional. Yeah. I, but still, even if you tried to explain it to somebody, I just don't feel like people would do it. And, and a, a few of my friends and I around here a few years ago, used to do a pool on the college world series um, where you would basically, we got like four of us and you would just take two teams each in, in mm-hmm. Omaha and uh, we ended up having to stop doing it. And granted, you only need four guys to do this, but we ended up having to stop doing it because of lack of interest. <laughs> Just to get four guys for like twenty bucks a man. And with all of that being said, it's kind. Of, you know, I had I had Jonathan Mayo on a few weeks ago from MLB. He does all the pipeline stuff. All of that being said, how long it takes all these prospects to get up here and just how little we know about them. It really seems like this year prospects have just been blowing up everywhere in in baseball and this seems to be one of the biggest years that we've seen all of these young up-and-coming stars and even that i mean what 25 percent of them might end up hitting as yeah, all-stars but, as all-stars not hall of fame and we're just talking about we'll be good enough to make an all-star team at some point but all the huge name guys bobby witt jr julio rodriguez have all struggled at the mm-hmm. big league level the ones who were promoted from day one, there were a good number of them almost to a man. Now Rodriguez has started to turn it around some, but uh, almost to a man, they've all struggled. And I I still, we're never going to know the answer because we don't like a scientific experiment. You have to have a control group. We didn't have one, but I wonder how much 2020 with no minor league season really hurt a lot of these guys. And I, I see on, on the same kind of, uh, you know, parallel thought there, I wonder 
how much the boom that we're seeing this year is because of that. And uh, it's so hard to know like what, right. Yeah. Because to that point, the the most talented guys generally, it's going to be the easiest for them to get back into it. Some of the lesser talented guys take a year off. It's probably a lot harder to shake the rust off of those guys. If they're a lower tier minor leaguer or don't have nearly as much talent, like Adley Rutschman is eventually going to be fine in all likelihood, even if it set him back a year, but somebody who might have had to scrap and claw every bit of the way, uh, let's say maybe a war card guy with lesser, a David Eckstein type, maybe that's a huge detriment if he doesn't have a year's worth of games to grind through. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so funny, like just thinking back to that, the Cardinals had a guy in 2020, Johan Oviedo, that seemed to start every once a week. <laughs> it yeah, was, <laughs> I don't think he was in the rotation, <laughs> but once, times. Yeah, once yeah. a week, they had to start Johan Oviedo. When's the last time I, I couldn't tell you the last time I, I heard his name. I haven't even heard his name down in the minors as, as getting a start or anything. I know he's still in the system. I know he's still pretty young, but a guy like that, it just seemed like 2020 was kind of just like, okay, you know, we need you. We're just going to throw you out there. It's kind of a lost season and we'll, we'll figure out where your, where your development is, you know, down the road. And and here's an interesting case. Uh, Just brought up the Padres. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was one of the biggest pitching prospects in baseball, if not the top pitching prospect and uh, word is that we're starting to hear now is during 2020, he was awful and basically had the yips all year. And uh, now he's in their rotations. They had injuries to Snell and Clevenger wasn't ready yet. Um, and then he tweaked his knee and uh, they had to throw McGore into the rotation. And he's been really, really good. Again, you just wonder how much of 2020 set him behind. Remember when they had to bring up Ryan Weathers? And he debuted, I believe he debuted in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually. Gore was supposed to start. too. I think Gore was rumored to be a starter in that in one of those three playoff games against the Cardinals. But instead they went ready. with yeah, instead they went with the nine pitchers in right. nine innings in that in that game three. The, the stuff that we've heard is he essentially had the yips all year. And they that's why they had to go to Weathers instead, because Weathers was was drafted later than him, was further behind in development, but they needed somebody and Gore just wasn't there. And uh, he was terrible last year. His minor league numbers were absolutely brutal. But this year, since the spring, all year has been good. So, again, it's one of those things that you just don't know what kind of a number that did on guys. I'll tell you one thing I do miss. Going to games so far this year is I I really miss the – 30% 30% capacity crowds. <laughs> Just a mad people crowded all around you all the time. Hey, I tell you, I we joked around about it a lot, but I was dead serious. It was nice. It really kind of like was. your little group and then nobody around you. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I think I waited an inning and a half to get my kid a root beer a few weeks ago yeah. at a game. And I, I was just sitting there. I was like, God, this we wouldn't have had to wait well, yeah, at all. Because yeah, you could order stuff and have them bring it to you. Right. Like everybody was in your own little suite. <laughs> It was, oh God, it was, it was nice yeah. back then. So, so far, I mean, we are, we're about a month or so, five weeks or so into the, uh, into the season this year. Yankees seem to just be running away with, uh, with baseball right now, 22 and eight, 30 games into the, uh, into the year. I, I'm, I, I guess they were, it, they were five and five. So yeah. 17 and three since then. Jeez. What have I mean? What is it about? I mean, about that team? I mean, I know they they went out, they made the trades, they re-signed Rizzo. Is it just are we just seeing a loaded Yankees team that we were so used to seeing in the well, early two thousands? 
it still seemed kind of half-assed though, because they're running out IKF at shortstop and, and they could have added like Carlos Correa or, or one of the bigger name shortstops out there. I mean, I guess we'll see if they swing for Bogarts or Trey Turner, but I mean, they, they haven't done a big swing on a position player in a while. Now pitching, they did Garrett Cole, but position player they haven't done it in a while. Um, you know, they have the, the, the high octane power in the offense with judge and Stanton and, and Riz. Um, you know, we, we knew they were going to have offensive firepower. You knew that they were going to have a deep bullpen. Mike King has been unbelievable in his ability to get length or bring a short outing. It looks, uh, yeah, 20 innings and 10 outings. So he's been very valuable. But I think that the, the biggest deal has been the rotation behind Cole. And you look at Nestor Cortez emerging he'd be an all-star right now. So if you have Cortez emerging as a frontline starter and you have Cole and Cortez as your one and two, and you can knock Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyon down toward the back end of the rotation. Luis Severino has been very inconsistent, but we've seen flashes of him looking like old Severino. So I think the rotation is the biggest thing there. Their pitching has been so good. The offense should be better, probably is going to be inconsistent throughout the year when you're talking about guys like Stanton and Judge and LeMahieu. Uh, Glaber Torres, they're going to be inconsistent, but there's going to be time that they explode. But I, I, like I said, I think the biggest deal is the rotation there. And you can kind of see down the road, if everybody's pitching well, come the playoffs, Cole, Cortez, Severino, and then either Tyone or Montgomery, that's a pretty good playoff rotation in front of a deep bullpen, in front of an offense who can hit three, four, five bombs in a game. They could be pretty scary. Uh, yeah, not to mention any trades that they'll make to improve. Yeah, and on you would that, expect them uh, to be aggressive too. And, and I didn't even mention Donaldson. I mean, I think it's because or Gallo. I mean, I don't think you meant. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned Gallo's name either. I mean, well, I know he's not, but the thing is, you know not, what I to think expect. Donaldson's cooked. He's thirty-six and he looks kind of cooked, at least from a power perspective. Gallo, for whatever reason, I think he's been lost since he got there, and it's been long enough. I'm almost starting to give up. Um. And here's another thing that is related in a heavy way to Gallo is I majorly argue with the people on the, uh, well, if it's a shift, just hit it the other way. I don't think it's that easy in Major League Baseball, as we've probably talked about before. If somebody throws 95 in on your hands, you can't say, well, just hit it the other way. It's not that easy. And it's not even 95 anymore. Most of the time it's like 98 or 99. Yeah. On Gallo, though, when they're putting like five guys in the outfield and right field at some point, I think you need to spend like hours trying to learn how to bunt or yep. hit the other way just to get him out of the shift a little bit. Because every time he puts it in play, it's an out because it's such an extreme shift. He's got to start making adjustments. Yeah. You, you've seen a few times this year, the, the four outfielders, uh, some yeah. teams are, are going to that now, which I, I think, you know, that started with a guy like David Ortiz, or I think they did it with Mark McGuire back in the day, they'd put a Maybe. fourth outfielder out there. Uh, but you're, you're starting to see more and more of that for, for guys. And, you know, here in, here, here in St. Louis, you know, Paul DeYoung this past week, it's sent down to triple a, which I didn't even know was was an option. I didn't know that was even a possibility for a guy that had been up on the big league team for so long. Yeah. And with the I, I did not think that that well, was he never. He never got to free agency. He signed that what we thought at the time was club friendly, a club friendly extension. Mm -hmm. It turns out maybe not so much. Um, it's not that bad though. It's not like it's going to cripple him because no. the two big years were club options and they can decline those. But there must be something. I'm not an agent or a lawyer. Uh, there must be, 
I know in free agent contracts pretty much are never, never have minor league options. Like the Cubs right. option Hayward to, to AAA, unfortunately, or fortunately from a Cardinal fan perspective, but uh, not like now Cubs aren't relevant <laughs> to the Cardinals anymore. Not right now. Um, but it must be something like when they bought out his arbitration years and maybe a couple years of free agency, there must be some contingency in there that there are still minor league options. Yeah, I I had no clue that that was even uh, out there as a possibility. But now the the rumor yesterday that John Morosi kind of got started with uh, was Xander Bogarts to the Cardinals at the uh, trading him there, and not well, sure what that does for the future. But hey, I I'm I'm all on okay. Board in a trade, that. okay, a trade that would yes. make. I, I I was thinking of like if he opted out and if they signed him. Um, no, trade him for this year, and then he has okay. the option and kind of see what happens after that. That. That could work. I was just wondering if, let's say Edmund takes well to shortstop and you have Gorman at second base, uh, wouldn't the resources be better used elsewhere, perhaps the rotation? Oh, well, yeah, for sure. And But but, but if it's a trade, by all means, I still, I don't care what their record, record is. I'm not that impressed by the Brewers. So I feel like the central, the Brewers offense just isn't that good. And well, not uh, only, I mean, it's, it's, and Peralta are still struggling. You wonder if Burns is going to run out of gas at some point. I mean, those guys, they have never thrown that many innings. I don't know. The, I started to change the subject. I was just thinking. No, it's, the, with, uh, the thing you mentioned, Edmonds at short, and I, that's that's every, you know, everything's been written about moving Edmonds to short. They've had three games now to do it, and they have not put Tommy yeah, Edmonds at no. short yet. They, they are refusing to put him there, even though that's where he played in college. I, he played short in college. Well, and they're putting been. Brendan Donovan there, who <laughs> didn't play in college, yeah. like, who didn't play short short. It's interesting because you would think that's the best time if you're going to send a young down. Even if you don't want to bring Gorman up yet, give and you're playing the Orioles right now for Pete's sake. I mean, what better time to just and I know they're what a couple innings away from losing the series to the Orioles, but still it's one, it's it's not one a, nothing in the seventh as we it's record. Still not an overly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still not an overly talented Orioles team. My point remains, it's still not an overly talented Orioles team. It's a decent time, I think, to throw Edmund there a few games and see what kind of range you've got. Uh, see how we're turning the double play, stuff like that. And if he does feel like he can stick there, then you bring up Gorman. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you see, is that your million-dollar infield, right? Which I guess we have to adjust the term for the times. Is that your billion-dollar infield now? (laughs) Uh, Because there's a lot of potential there. There, I mean, you you can play with that all you want. I mean, they, you know, they they had no problem moving Edmund to the outfield in in past years. Yeah. And if Tyler O'Neill is going to stay, you know, continue to struggle, and I don't know what you mean, but Juan Yepes now comes comes up and he's able to hit. So there are there are a lot of options and a lot of pieces to to move around with that. And then you are going to get trades. I, you know, is is the young one of those guys where you trade a you trade a guy that's struggling to somebody else's team that's struggling and you hope both of them hit when they're, you know, when they're in a new spot, is that something that, that could end up happening down the road? But you, as I think you rightly pointed out the Cardinals, you know what, the rotation hasn't been terrible. I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about the game that's going on right now. And Steven Matz is about to go seven innings, one earned run after getting lit up in San Francisco last weekend. So and Miles Michaelis had a great start the other no, night. You well, know? I, well, and, I was talking about like for the future because oh, Wainwright's retiring. Yeah. I mean, it's 
if you look at the way that the franchise is set up right now, if you were going to spend big in free agency for somebody like Bogarts, I feel like it might make more sense for it to be like a frontline pitcher is what I was saying. Yeah, which is something they yeah, I think Steven Matz might be the most they've ever spent on a pitcher. So that's it was, uh, <laughs> my my uh it, the the Orioles must have scored in like the first today, didn't they? Or did the they second top of the uh top of the second inning was a um it was a Jorge Mateo home run. Because I wasn't watching, but uh one of my friends who is a Cardinals fan, I just got a text that said, I'm so happy we signed Matz instead of Scherzer. So I assumed he was getting lit up, and then I saw it was only one nothing. <laughs> yeah, and because the Orioles hadn't named a starter this uh, this morning, and that game wasn't even on the table, I couldn't even throw any money down on that game earlier today. So that sucked because yeah. I was sitting there thinking, God, a noon game against the Orioles, uh, just get it over with as fast as possible, bet the under on that. And yeah. no, I couldn't because the uh, Orioles didn't have a starter named yet, so they didn't have it on the board sucked you guys don't have that in indiana do you you guys can't can't oh, bet yet yeah you we, can we have we were one of the first ones were you yeah i mean uh and my apps where i have the gambling stuff splashed all over it it was funny when i was talking to uh gosh it was i was around one of my colleagues from new york and our uh we were comparing the apps and it was just completely a completely different experience because uh well, that, that can't be true. I, we must have been talking about it because if I was sitting right next to somebody, it's whatever state you're in. Yeah. So we must have been just discussing or maybe it was a video call. Yeah, I think we had like a work Zoom or something. And it was one of our New York guys like held up his phone. And I was like, yeah, uh, here's what mine looks like. And there's Caesars windows splashed all, all over everything, like all game, every game. And as yeah. somebody who's loved gambling from the time I was about 16, by no means is that a complaint. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's so, you know, as I'm driving to uh, as I'm driving to Bush, there is a there's always a certain point in my drive where I realize, oh, if I want to do anything today, I have to do it right now before I cross the river because it's, yeah. you know, Missouri <laughs> yeah. will be Missouri will be like one of the final three states to allow it <laughs> unless uh, the So wait, Illinois does? Yeah, Illinois does. Yeah. It took a little bit though, didn't it? No, it's uh, I'd say about 2 years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Illinois is fine. It's um unless the unless the DeWitts. Okay. I, I was thinking about like Chicago and New York because I knew New York was recent, like within the last couple months. Mm -hmm. I felt like because I knew at work, uh, all of a sudden we had like a flood of new traffic to our gambling sites. Yeah, and uh, I mean Missouri. Yeah. The only way it's going to happen in Missouri is honestly, I mean the DeWitts or the Hunt family is going to have to really kind of put the pressure on on people about it uh with the cardinals or with the chiefs because I, I, I mean we know how much sports i mean how how these sports franchises and how much i mean well shit look at what wrigley's built outside of their yeah. uh, their stadium up there you know that's you you need sports that right there right so you you need that stuff i mean the, the teams are making so much money off of this that it's yeah. it's just crazy that you can't I mean, there are certain seats at Bush Stadium where you can look and you can see the the new DraftKings or the DraftKings sports book at the across the river. I, you can. I wonder. I wonder how long it'll be until you have like at your seat, let's say on the seat in front of you, like a, a touch screen where you can just enter info and you can bet on individual at bats just whenever you feel like it. 
Do you need that? I mean, do teams need to put that in though with the way with the access you have on your phone? Probably not. Yeah. But the only reason I thought of it is it might encourage it more. Because if you have to get at your phone and think about it, if it's right in front of you, you you might oh wait, let me bet on this at that when you might not have thought to pull out your phone before. Yeah. I could yeah, I could see that. If you're just sitting there, but yeah, I, I think it's just so easy. Especially if people are everywhere. hammered. <laughs> like, you're never gonna think to take out your phone every single at bat, but if it's right in front, oh hey, let me bet on this one, let me bet yeah. on this one. Yeah. People lose their ass at the games. What is uh what's been the biggest uh the biggest storyline the the thing that you have uh, most enjoyed so far 30 games into this uh 2022 season? Maybe the Angels in first place because I have spent so many years just being annoyed that we haven't gotten to see like Mike Trout on a deep playoff run and now they have Otani and uh Rendon might be that might not be the sexiest player to like casual baseball fans, but to diehard baseball fans, I mean, remember the, the Nationals run. What a pleasure it is to watch him take his at bats and the way he worked counts. Uh, him and Soto was just death in, in that run. Um, that's a team that I would love to see catch on kind of nationally. And uh, the pitching staff's been a bigger problem than anything else the last few years. And, you know, Syndergaard's throwing the ball really well so far. Detmer's just had the, the no-hitter the other night, although it was in the middle of the night for a lot of people. But when you've got Otani and Syndergaard at the top of that rotation, Patrick Sandoval's been really good. They shored up the bullpen in the offseason. And uh, if you get emergence from Taylor Ward there to bat in front of the Trout, Otani, Rendon, Jared Walsh, uh, Brandon Marsh looks like he's legit. It feels like it's not just kind of an anomaly small sample run at the start of the year. It feels like they might actually have staying power. Um, so that's probably my, my favorite one. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to, I'd, I'd agree with you on, uh, on that uh, seeing Miguel Cabrera get the 3000 hits, but oh, yeah, I, that was, that yeah, was fun to see the beginning of the year. Great. And then it's just crazy when you look at it and you look at all the names after that, you know, we've talked about this on, on our daily Cardinals show. Like it might, we might not see that again for, you know, a, a long, I mean, maybe, maybe ever. I, I don't, I did, I, don't know. I did, a, I did an article that they wanted me to say who's going to be next to 3000. And uh, you get to the point where you're reaching. Like I got all the way down to like Vlad, Vlad Jr. And stuff like that on analyzing and like Soto. But then I was like, well, I think Soto might walk too much. Right. Like Votto. Yeah. Uh, because Votto's in the low, low, low 2000s. Like yeah. Maybe around 2100. Him and Yachty are like the next two active after Robinson Cano and Cano's not going to make it. No. Uh, I mean, Juan so Soto might reach base 4,000 times, the, but the, picks, the, you, you, the pick the, the zone, the best picks are people like Jose Altuve, but he's still, he's a little behind now because of these last few years and the pandemic hurt, but then he's had injuries. Machado a little bit behind Bogart's probably a little bit behind uh, trout and Harper. They probably walk too much. Um, so it's, it's uh, Carlos Correa. I think he probably got injured a little bit too much. Uh, there's no good bets. We'll say that. And there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be for 3000, but we're in a place where nobody is like probably will, where Miguel Cabrera was when yep. he was 17, 1800 hits. You could have looked at him and been like, Oh man, Miggy's going to make it. He's got plenty of time or pools uh, when he was in the 2000 range. Seemed like a really good bet that Pools was going to make it. We've got nobody even close to a decent bet like those guys were. 
No, it's yeah. I, I think Soto was probably would probably be my guess at, at being the next one there, just because but he, just he started. So yeah, but he started so young. Yeah, and and then you have to factor in the the fact that I mean, do the players are these players going to be playing? I mean, what Yachty's 37, 38. I mean, is a guy going to play till he's thirty eight? Yeah, is Bryce Harper like going to play? Has that, Soto has that kind of staying power, but I'm telling you, I bet you you don't realize how few. What? Let me see. What do you think his career high in hits is in a season? Soto. Uh, one seventy. One fifty-seven. Wow. That's why I was. I'm telling. <laughs> we had one hundred fifty-seven hits last year. One hundred forty-five walks. God, he might reach base five thousand times in his career. Yeah, building the next couple of years, so he's just going to keep racking up walks. He only has thirty hits right now in thirty-two games. Yeah. So it's while he's only twenty-three years old. He needs a lot more hits. <laughs> Man, that is, yeah, that's crazy to think about. Huh. Well, Matt, it was uh, it was good talking to you. I guess we will see each other here in about uh, two months out in uh, out in L.A. Hopefully. I haven't gotten the, the green light yet, but I assume that I will. I've you gone always, to everyone so far. I was going to say, so, you, you always yeah. get the green light for that stuff. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll be fine. We'll, yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see each other then. Hope I, you know what? I'm bringing my glove this year. I hope they put us out in uh, in the outfield as an auxiliary press box. I That'd hope be they awesome do it again. would be awesome to see somebody catch a, a home run in the derby in, in the auxiliary press box. If I had a glove last year, I would have caught one off of uh, Matt Olson's bat. He was the one peppering us the most, wasn't he? He hit, Otani's, he hit, yeah, he hit the chair Otani's next to me. Were more in like the gap. Yeah. Olsen's were more down the line and we were more down the line. Yeah. yeah. I went, Olsen hit the chair next to me, hit the seat next to me. Oh, I, I moved out of the way because I realized I had time to think about it as it was coming at me. Do I want to put my hand out here? No, I don't. And uh, if, if I had a glove, if I had a glove, I would have done it. He made the business decision. Business decision. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the the guy that flipped over the railing to the <laughs> to the right of us, <laughs> but he got the ball. He yeah. uh, he ended up with the ball, so that's uh, that was important to him. Matt, uh, it was uh, good talking to you again. And uh, there you see his Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Give him a follow and read all of his work there. Matt, thank you so much. All right, take care. On Saturday, May 28th, the Cardinals host the Milwaukee Brewers. And that day, 25,000 fans, ages 16 and older, will take home their very own stainless steel tumbler featuring Yadier Molina, courtesy of Coca-Cola and Quick Trip. This 30-ounce Yachty tumbler comes in two styles, and you will not know which one you will receive until you enter the gates at Bush Stadium. That's Saturday, May 28th, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Yachty tumbler. Get your tickets today at cardinals.com. The Cardinals' most recent Hall of Famer, Ted Simmons, was honored at Busch Stadium in 2021 with a bronze statue at the corner of Clark and 8th Street. Now on Sunday, May 29th, 25,000 fans, ages 16 and older, will take home a replica of history thanks to Edward Jones. Add to your statue collection with this exclusive giveaway. That's Sunday, May 29th, the Ted Simmons statue promotional giveaway. Great seats remain. Get your tickets at cardinals.com. Hey, welcome on into a special edition of Weekend Joe. We're going live here on uh, on Twitter and YouTube as we are talking blues hockey with Benjamin Hockman of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He was there for all six games, Blues and Wild, as the Blues wrapped it up last night. Ben, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm all fired up by that theme music you guys have. 
it's good, isn't it? Like I, yeah. I had nothing to do with. Like I gave them the pictures to use. Like that is that that is far beyond anything that I am able to. Uh, I, I am able to do. Yeah, I thought that was you on the cello. No, no, none of that. None of that was me. As uh, as I imagine, you know, at the post dispatch, there are people that are much more talented and smarter than us that can do all of those type of things. As right. uh, yeah, we we just go and and do the the games and stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> know your limits is what I uh, right. What Stay I in your lane, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I, I, God, the atmosphere just looked to be so much fun last night down at Enterprise as the uh, as the Blues wrapped it up. But let's let's go back in in this series because the blues were so dominant in game one and then game two and three it just looked like the wheels had completely fallen off everybody's like oh my god you know this team it's terrible what's going on and then the blues just rally and and win three straight so what happened between game three and game four that that changed the entire makeup of this series well i think uh where i got him right here man jordan bennington yeah, I mean, I mean, Jordan. I mean, that's not the only reason, but they they changed goalies, and Jordan Bennington played really, really well in his three wins. Uh, you also look at some of the defensemen getting healthier. That was very important, and uh, the Blues just played as a team in more periods than not. And I know it's a simple cliche, but in hockey, when you're trying to grind it out and cycle and 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 slow down the other team and and win playoff games, win series,es well, they. They did that, and it was it was really really impressive. And how about this, real quick? I mean, has this ever happened? I mean, I has this ever happened? A team wins its first playoff game of a series with a goalie getting a shutout on the road, and then they win the series, but the other three games are won by his backup. How weird! Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if you're if you have to, I mean, just any point if you're having to go to your backup three games mm. into a series, it usually isn't a good sign. It usually right. isn't a great thing. But, I mean, how many teams have a Stanley Cup winning goalie just sitting and waiting in the wings? And and the thing that I, I was saying going into that and making that move, going from, from Huso to Jordan Bennington, was, you know, I don't think at any point can you fault Craig Berube for any of the decisions he made because for the last three months of the season, I think Huso made a – you know, made it very hard to not start him in game one of that series, right? I mean, there were only probably seven or eight NHL teams that wouldn't have started 2022 Ville Husso in the playoffs. He was playing really well. His stats, even his advanced stats, everything uh, spoke to him playing at a high level of hockey. Uh, but games two and three, just we did not see that here uh, from press row. And, and the change needed to be made. And yeah. Credit Craig Berube, uh, you know, they don't give uh, MVP awards uh, to a series and then you wouldn't give it to a coach anyway. But you could argue that Craig Berube was the Blues MVP in that first round series. He pushed all these buttons and every button push was the right one. He played with only 11 forwards and seven defensemen in numerous games there. He made the big goalie change. He shook up the lines. Uh, he separated Thomas and Tarasenko. He unlocked some offense and it was it was really fun to watch. At uh, at any point prior to the series, did you have a chance uh, to talk to Bennington and uh, about what his role was? What kind of, and if so, what kind of mindset was he in? Well, I mean, I'm smiling because even when he won the Stanley Cup, and he was at theoretically his most relaxed. He didn't share much, if anything, with the media, let alone when he was benched uh, by by the same team he won the cup from. So. No, we didn't get to hear from him, but anybody with pride uh, would have been 
very down in the dumps about the turn of events, but also uh, he can only blame himself by his play. I mean, some of those games were duds, uh, but to his credit, uh, five of his final six regular season games were wins. And uh, he went into the playoffs with some confidence. He just didn't have any playing time until of course the big switch. And you can kind of, I mean, they're, they're kind of parallel stories here with what we saw. If you go back all the way to the beginning of the season, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko wanted to be traded away from the Blues. They didn't trade him. He came out, had a really good season, had a really good series. You know, it's one of those cases where, okay, they're not, you know, it, things didn't go my way. I'm still going to go out there and play. Jordan Bennington, similar situation. There were many points this year where he was not the number one goalie anymore on this team and wasn't at the start of the playoffs. But you know what? When he got his chance, he went in there, he played, and he won He won three straight games. It's It, it shows the kind of leadership, not only from Barubi, but, I mean, on down that the team kind of has to to keep these players from, you know, from being a complete meltdown of a of an organization. Yeah, and, and I guess you have to credit Ryan O'Reilly, too, for setting the culture in the in, I was gonna say the clubhouse, that's what they say in baseball, in the in the dressing room uh for, for the blues and and credit Tarasenko himself for handling this uh within his team and, and on the ice about as professionally as he could. And man, I'm sure the Seattle Kraken who could have had him for free were watching all season, be like, we could have had these these goals on our ice and said we got Mark Giordano and he's like our best player. This is rough. So yeah, a really exciting season for Tarasenko. And he that game five in um in Minnesota was one of the cooler sporting events, sporting performances I've ever seen. What's uh you, you were up there for in Minnesota for the for the winter classic. You were up there for three of the six games in this series. Uh, and I know Minnesota is the hockey state. What is a uh what what is a an atmosphere, a hockey atmosphere like up there in, in Minnesota? Well, I mean, they're smart fans, and I'm trying to think of an example, but the things they clap for, you know, it's kind of like a comparison to St. Louis when, uh, you know, a, a good play is made or a sacrifice is made and, and the fans cheer uh, for that. I mean, it, just walking around their rink, there's so many homages to Minnesota hockey history, uh, and there's so much hockey history there, not just with the North Stars, but with the college hockey teams and the high school hockey teams and great players that came from there. Um, it's a hockey hotbed, no question about it. And yeah, it's a super fun atmosphere and I feel bad for the fans. I mean, the reality is, um, they've been to the playoffs now, the, the wild five of the last six seasons in all five of those appearances, they lost in the first round. I mean, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, that's it's it's hard to to continue, you know, that that high. I mean, it's all, you know, similar to Canada, you know, right now. I mean, how, what yeah. kind of drought are they on right now for the uh, for winning a Stanley Cup? And, you know, that's that's where hockey was born up there. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's one of those uh, it's not a uh, not a great time to kind of tout yourself as being that when you're when you're not winning the championships. So we we move true. on now. We're on to the next round of the uh, of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we, the, the St. Louis needs a villain in these series. And it's easy to find one in the owner of the uh, Colorado Avalanche for this next round. Only second round series that we know is set in stone with the uh, those are the only two teams that have advanced so far. And uh, I, I know you used to work in Denver. How excited yeah. are you to cover just every aspect of this series? I'm really excited. And even if I hadn't worked in Denver, the fact that this was the team that St. Louis played in the playoffs last year and got smacked around, the fact that they get a chance at revenge is, is pretty exciting uh, in and of itself. 
Then you look at the fact that the owner of the team is is the biggest villain in St. Louis sports history, and that's saying something considering the existence of Don Dankinger. But, I mean, the reality is uh, St. Louis had a football team, and this gentleman said, nope. He took the city's team, the fans' team, just moved it away and thought he'd get away with it. And you could say he did, but it cost him $700 million in that settlement. Yeah, the fact that he won the Super Bowl this year, that only adds fuel to the fire. Um, look, I mean, the St. Louis fans would, would be going nuts in at home games, even if they were playing insert team name here but they're playing Stan Kroenke's team it's going to be loud it's going to be rowdy and there's going to be extra passion and just I mean that avalanche team too is just so so good uh, you know you you can you can get as pissed off as you want at who the owner is and as a fan you know the, the players don't give a shit about any of that stuff <laughs> I mean they they might say it just to just to get a little you know hometown behind them type thing they they might right. just do it just to get you know that little hometown pop but they they don't care they're going up against one of the best teams in the NHL and they have to beat them four times now over the next uh, couple weeks. They want their names engraved in silver. They want to see their name in silver. And uh, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. you got to play your butts off and play smart and play with fire in order to do that. And, yeah, Stan Kroenke happens to open, own the team that they're going to play in this round. Uh, but I'm, I don't want to make a prediction, but, gosh, uh, the way St. Louis is playing is pretty impressive. And then you have to wonder uh, about this layoff for the Colorado Avalanche. It actually reminds me – this is a sports example and it happens to be from Colorado as well. The baseball team, the Rockies in 2007, they won, I think it was like 13 of their final 14, something miraculous to just make game 163. They win that in extra innings. Uh, then they run through the D DS and the LCS. And then there's like a 10 day, I don't know. It was 10 days. There's a long break before the world series against mm -hmm. Boston and the magic kind of wore off. Uh, wonder, I'm wondering if, if, uh, the same thing will happen with the Colorado avalanche in 2022. Yeah, that is, uh, and, and I mean, as we, as we sit here right now, we were talking about before we, we started, uh, recording this, we don't know when that game one is maybe Monday. I would, I would think Monday with, uh, the mm -hmm. other ones when they were supposed to wrap up or looking at them. Cause I mean, what there's, there's two game sevens, uh, no, there's a game, there's three game sixes tonight. So <laughs> We might have game sevens on Monday. I don't know if the NHL wants to throw a game one into a uh, into a busy Monday if right. there's some game sevens there too. So I, uh, I yeah, we we haven't seen the schedule yet for uh, for that. So for Blues fans that are going out to Denver, since you are the uh, the Denver aficionado here, uh, where give give uh, give those St. Louis Blues fans a place that they should go visit, go eat when they are out there in uh in denver for uh for this game at the ball arena no longer the pepsi center it's the ball arena right 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 so um are you talking about in the arena or in the city of denver in the city of denver in oh, the sure. city of denver yes be I'll our be our tour guide oh i'm i'm, I'm honored I'll, I'll give you three places i know you said for one i'm gonna give you three places uh breakfast lunch dinner and then boozing uh breakfast at snooze snooze there's multiple locations it's honestly my favorite breakfast place in the united states of america uh then for a burger whether it's lunch or dinner go to the cherry cricket the cherry cricket they have a jalapeno cream cheese burger that'll blow your socks off and uh do people still say blow your socks off? i think so good. yeah it's fine yeah it works i sounded it dumb out of my mouth and then for <laughs> booze you gotta go to don's club tavern Don's Club Tavern. It's a dive bar. 
It's so much fun. They have a they have a vending machine and they put in like random things. Uh, it, it's just a it's just a experience. So check out Don's Club Tavern after the games. I feel like I went to Cherry Cricket. I feel like I went there last year. I, I made I made two trips out to Denver last year for the first time ever, and I feel like I ate a burger from uh, from there one of those days. They've got two locations, one in the Cherry Creek area, which is like this fancy pants Frontenac type situation. Mm. But then they also have one right by the ballpark. That would have. Yep. That's uh, that's definitely the one I went to then because it was right by the uh, right by Coors Field yeah. down there. They got a nice little. I mean, so they, they also if you, when was the last time you were out there? When's the last time you got to head out to Denver? Twice last summer, once for the dang uh, first round series Avalanche Blues. And then okay. I went to a wedding. Okay, because yeah, now they have that that big um they, they have the big complex, the McCormick uh complex right across from the stadium too. That's kind of like I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a ballpark village type place, but they have the hotels in there and they have places you could walk around inside and uh we could not find the rooftop pool. We were looking for the rooftop pool that we were told is there, but we couldn't figure out how to access that when we were there uh, last year, but I, I don't I love know how you had the confidence that you would be allowed access to the rooftop pool. If you even yes. found it, <laughs> Ben, have you, <laughs> you have seen me in atmospheres like this, you know, that when I, if I see something I want to get to, I will, I will somehow come up with the confidence to make my way, <laughs> make point, my way up there. <laughs> Very so, good point. <laughs> so, all right, it's uh, Blues and Avalanche next week. You will still be out there uh, traveling and covering things for the uh, for the Post Dispatch, and we look forward to reading all of your uh, all of your work here on STL today and in the uh, and in the paper itself. So, Ben, uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Always fun talking with you, Joe. Have a great weekend. Transport to Margaritaville, Bush Stadium style, on Friday, May 27th, when the Cardinals take on the Brewers. With the purchase of a special theme ticket, fans will receive a Margaritaville-inspired performance long-sleeve shirt. A portion of each ticket sold will be donated to Jimmy Buffett's charity, Singing for Change. Change your latitude and float on down to Bush Stadium for Margaritaville night. For tickets or more information, visit cardinals.com theme. 2022 marks the 40th anniversary of the memorable 1982 World Championship team. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Friday, May 27th, 25,000 fans, ages 16 and older, will take home a 1982-inspired baseball t-shirt featuring the roster of this World Championship club. Great seats remain. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. Final segment here, weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Claims and I are going to be out at Munganass uh, St. Louis Acura on Monday, doing the show out there, seeing their GM, Clayton Patterson, and all of the great new cars they have out there on the lot at Munganass St. Louis Acura out there on Manchester Road. Uh, always fun to go out there and do the shows and see what they have sitting there on the, uh, on the showroom floor. Hey Andy, uh, but we uh, we we had a nice chat with Matt Snyder, and now we have to wrap up this show with a uh, with a few crack slippers. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news, and we picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the crack slippers with Joe Roderick on ClaimsOnline.com. 
Andy, next weekend is the uh, the PGA Championship, so uh, that's uh, one of the interviews that we have next week. That'll be you. It'll be your time to shine. Yeah, I'm gonna week do it something. Trying to uh, get in contact with a couple different guys, see if I can get one of them to uh, to talk to me. I'm sure I can get at least one of them too. So I will. Uh, yeah, you'll have a little weekend, Andy, next weekend. Yeah, and uh, good uh, good golf talk for uh, for that. So that's next weekend's the PGA Championship, uh, and then what? Next month is the U.S. Championship. Yeah, the U.S. Open is going to be U.S. At, Open. I'm sorry, yeah, Jesus Christ. Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, a suburb Joe of uh, of Boston, uh, Boston, Massachusetts, not Boston, Texas. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, the the week so between the the end of April and the middle of May. Uh, they have these U.S. Open qualifiers, and these qualifiers, if Joe, if you win one or you like place in the top three plus ties, you advance to what's called the sectional, and then again, like the top two players out of each sectional get to go play in the big U.S. Open tournament. There's always some fun stories that come out, um, and this week is no exception. Joe, retired NFL running back Danny Woodhead. Advances at U.S. Open qualifier. Uh, he impressed a lot of people by making it through a U.S. Open local qualifier on Wednesday. The former Jet, Patriot, Charger, Raven shot a 71 at Omaha Country Club, and he did it in style by draining a clutch curling birdie putt on the penultimate hole. So, uh, <clears throat> Danny Woodhead advancing to the sectionals. Uh, then another guy. This guy's name is uh, Parker Cootie. Parker D O O D Y. Joe, he's the grandson of 1971 Masters champ Charles Cootie. Joe, he made not one, but two holes in one during his round at Forest Creek Golf Club in round. Wow. Yeah. Shot 69. Of course, he advances. I don't know if he finished what place he finished in the regional, but yeah. He made uh, two holes in one in the U.S. Open qualifier. That is, jeez, I, I, you're playing against him. I mean, you just quit after something like that. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm. I'm done. I'm right. Done. Okay. Good job. Nice. <clears throat> nice shooting there, Tex. In his latest attempt to qualify for the U.S. Open, the former Dallas, uh, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo. I heard of him. Yeah. Shot a, yeah. Shot a three over seventy-five in a local qualifier in Gunter, Texas. Uh, Joe, Tony Robo was just two strokes short of making the playoff for the final spot to advance the sectional. So he was uh, he was pretty darn close. Yeah, that uh, he, he's come close a few times now. I, I you know, and he has he has a lot of time off. All he's doing is the broadcasting now. If he, God, I mean, one of these years he has to make it right. Or it's, I mean, how many years away is he from the senior U.S. Open? probably not too far away. Right. Uh, so I know you've lost a lot of fantasy football. Um, now seasons lost. Okay. Like, I, 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 I haven't won in fantasy football. I haven't won. I have never, I, when you say lost, I'm assuming you mean like finished last. I've never finished last. Well, you've never finished last. Okay. But you've never won either. Or no, I have never won. won. Yeah. Did you win the first season and then have never won? But no, never I've won. never won. Have never won. Joe, weekend hack, forced to play. So there's usually there's punishments 
yeah associated with finishing last i've tried to i've tried to institute these in my leagues for a while now and nobody wants to go with them weekend hack joe forced we should change the name of this show to weekend hack by the way i I think that some people might already call it that it's right forced to play a u.s open qualifier as a punishment for a losing fantasy football league punishes everyone else instead this guy joe this guy went out and shot 112 the US. Now, this, even I, I'm clearly a weekend hack, and I, I can I can break ninety. But on a, at a U.S. Open qualifier course from the back tees, playing in U.S. Open conditions, that's about what I would shoot. And uh, so, so needless to say, this was excruciating for everyone involved. <laughs> for the poor sap who had no business being out there, he didn't even show up to the right tee. But also his playing partners and caddy, who suffered by proxy as their third clanked and clunked his way to a 112. Most fantasy football punishments are victimless, but for the victims, but for the victim. But this one had unintended serious collateral. How much do you have to pay to do one of these? I don't think it costs a lot of money, but you have to have a handicap index of 1.4 or less. Okay, so did this guy just lie, or is I mean, have is he really a one handicap? But this course is just so hard, he shot a one twelve. No way. There's no way if he's a one handicap that he shot 112. Okay, I think he probably set up a, a fake gin account and inputted a bunch of false, of fake scores to yeah, uh, or you know, misre- misrepresented himself of who he was. Right. So I don't know how he got in there. Yeah, that, that that would make yeah. It, God, it was, how long would it take to set up a fake Jin account to oh, get not, yourself to look like? Not long. What? Not really. Long. Not long. Nope. And just throw in all kinds of fake scores for different courses it, all around. You can do it all online now. Okay. Well, just just provide an email address. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for myself then. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should just get a fake gin and you can be a, a plus three and then lose could, all your money. I couldn't tell you the last time I golfed. It's been years. I think we played the other last time you played. It would have been, yeah. Yeah. Is that all the golf ones you have? That's all I got, Joe. All right, well, I'm going to end with this then. Brazilian defender Marcelo. And he, he was dropped from his uh, from his team, Leon, L-Y-O-N. Okay. Do... You know, like Paul DeYoung was just sitting down to the minors for for poor performance. Right. And, you know, it happens to the players get cut, stuff like that. His was due to continuous farting and laughing in the dressing room. Oh. Yeah, the 34-year-old was expelled from the senior squad following Leon's 3-0 defeat in the hands of Angers. He was caught laughing during Captain Leo Dubois' speech to rally the troops following the game, which didn't go well with manager Peter Bowes and uh, sporting director Judy Ho. However, according to ESPN sources, Marcelo was also disciplined by the club for repeatedly farting among his teammates in the dressing room. Wow. Yeah. Yep. They, They fired him for it. They they let him go. They released him for releasing his gas amongst the uh, yes. locker room. Yeah, you are released for releasing. Yeah, 
you are DFA'd for F-A-R-T-I-N-G. Yeah, he was uh, considered one of the leaders of the team and had signed a new contract just a few months earlier, but the club describes his actions as inappropriate behavior. His contract was terminated at the end of January, and he has now joined Bordeaux. You nitwit. That is very, very American of you to think that thoughts yeah. are funny. <laughs> that's what that's what the, uh, the 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 French manager sounds like. Called Pepe Le Pew. Right. Ha 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 ha. Yes. I'm going to end on that. I'm going to Costanza this episode, Andy, and I'm going to end on that note. <laughs> that's Next it. week, I'm good. I'll see you. <laughs> Next week, you will uh, you'll have some uh, golf talk. Not sure what else we'll have on the uh, on the show next week, but tune in and find out more Joe West stuff too on Monday's episode of the Joe West podcast. It's with the Commission, Rick Humble. They uh, they sit down, they talk with the uh, with the Commission. Andy, I have episodes of the Joe West podcast. I have them scheduled out through the end of July right now. Are you dropping one a week? One a week. Well, One a week, have- and uh, with based on guests that have agreed to come on or I've already interviewed, uh, have it set to go all the way through July right now with our current guest list. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it's going hard. Card subject to change is uh, is what the kids say. So, right. uh, you'll uh, yeah, you will have some fun listening to uh to those joe west and mike claiborne there on podcast heat not on claims online you got to go to podcast heat you got to search 5460 for that that's gonna do it for us here what's that you gotta go see dave green for that podcast yes you do yes you you do (laughs) hey we are out of here he is andy hansman i'm joe roderick we are driven each and every week by munganass alton toyota and munganass st louis acura this has been weekend joe here on claimsonline.com At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you. 